0: Hi, I'm here in Amsterdam with Dirk Jonker, the founder and CEO of Cruncher. Dirk, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, Great to see well. you. Thanks for, hey, me. thanks for having me in this beautiful office here in Amsterdam. So, hey, we're going to talk about Cruncher, but before we do, I want to hear, as does our audience, about your personal story. Are, are you from Amsterdam?
1: Yeah, uh, well, first of all, welcome to Amsterdam. <laughs> beautiful day here. Um, I'm actually not from Amsterdam. I'm from a very small village uh, in the north of uh, the Netherlands. Uh, But I moved to Amsterdam for the bigger dream. Um, I really picked a study that you could only do in Amsterdam, just to escape that small village. What was that? Oh my goodness, it's <laughs> actuarial science. Do you know what it is? <laughs> I do, because I have friends, and there was an oh, opportunity, really? <laughs> I have an economics
0: background, so it's like, it, it's a cousin. Yeah, it's yeah. a cousin, but you, did you know that you wanted to do that as a young person? I mean, what was your inspiration? To, yeah, you
1: do actually, uh, actuarial science is very closely related to operations research, and that I actually loved. Mm. So, how to basically model companies to optimize business performance through all kinds of elegant mathematics. Mm. And then actuarial science is indeed the the big brother of this, uh, where you also merge in some some financial expertise. And that combination was magic. Uh But uh, I really had to explain to my family and friends what the heck an actuary actually is. (laughs) So actually, we went to uh, to downtown Amsterdam and we made some interviews and we asked random people in the street, do you know what an actuary is? (laughs) You know what they told us? is it a bird (laughs) is it someone who does something with old books it's like no you know we make sure that your retirement savings and your insurances are safe yeah and here so here you are you did that in uni
0: yeah yeah exactly And so you graduated and then what
1: yeah so uh, the natural path for an actuary is to start working either at an insurance company or in consulting Mm -hmm. so i started to work for willis stiles watson Mm -hmm. back then uh, loved the company, mm-hmm. uh, got the opportunity to transfer with them to the U.S., to New York. And this is really where my eyes were opened up. And, uh, but also where I thought, like, okay, we built all these beautiful financial models, mm-hmm. all these risk um, modeling, but for what? Mm-hmm. What is now the actual impact to business performance? I thought it was a very big distance. Yeah. And uh, that's basically when I decided to uh, start my own firm in New York City. Called Focus Orange. Focus Orange. Yes, exactly. No, no bias towards the color of orange. <laughs> well, exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's funny. Funny that you say so because I deliberately picked the word Focus Orange mm-hmm. because I thought um, back then New York could use a bit of the Dutch creativity pragmatism mm-hmm. um, because I really was looking for ways how we could, you know, beef up HR with the data that they already had and the elegant mathematics that is out there. So for five years, I did strategy consulting in New York and it was a fantastic time. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much fantastic for everyone because this was also the start of the financial crisis, but this was my birth of people analytics. Huge questions, you know? Mm -hmm. How can we save money and reinvest in growth there? How can we delay our companies? And there were very traditional ways of how to approach these uh, very strategic problems. Um, And I thought, couldn't we use a little bit of data science to this? So for five years, I did restructuring consulting, strategy consulting, using workforce data that companies already had, the elegant mathematics that was already out there, and to really make this impact that I was looking for. So we're talking
0: 2008, 2009, you started yeah. your training?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, t- 2006, I started the company. And then in 2010, uh, basically when the financial crisis was coming to an end, um, I met my wife, uh, we got twins, and then Manhattan became really, really small. <laughs> right. Well, congratulations
0: so. <laughs> oh, <thanks>. on the, <laughs> the, the twins. And so you stayed in the U.S. for a period, or did you come back to... Yeah, so, so
1: we lived in New York for five years. Okay. And uh, that was a natural moment to, uh, to come back to Europe okay. um, to build out the Focus Orange business. Mm-hmm. Um, still data science, basically, on HR topics, but a very much consulting-led organization. And in uh, 2014, um, I decided with my partners back then to say, you know what? Also, this is a very natural moment to split the company where we have the domain knowledge in the consulting, but let's build... And this was always my dream, technology, so that everyone could use exactly the same data science consulting on their own workforce data. And that became Cruncher.
0: Wow. So you obviously saw the need for something that was sustainable, not just going in and doing a project that, hey, we're going to build capability on behalf of our clients. Now, who were you serving by and large? Did you focus on North American companies, European companies, mid-sized, large enterprises? What did that look like?
1: Yeah, um, in terms of uh, geospread, um, the focus really became on, on European companies because we were, you know, headquartered here. And uh, in terms of the size of companies, anything between 2,000 and, and 100,000 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, uh, the birth and development of Focus Orange, the consulting firm, really helped me to understand the business questions. The strategy consulting background really helped me to understand how do leaders in finance and business think And also to see the big gap between what HR delivered back then Mm -hmm. Um, and also get appreciation of the data. You know, there's a lot of data, but often in different systems, uh, not often very clean. So this was a fantastic uh, playground basically for me to really think together with the tech team, how can we solve this problem? Mm
0: yeah, I, I, my mind is going several different directions. I wanted to be disciplined in my asks here because <laughs> I Focus Orange is out here understanding the use cases and, in fact, creating them, correct me if I'm wrong. Exactly. And now you're building the tech to support those. And the qu- question that I have is I'm tempted to ask then versus now, and I'll mm-hmm. ask it what, then, the gap between the ability to adopt this insight that you're generating through Cruncher in meaningful, actionable ways, and the need for a helping hand, which was Focused Orange at the time, if, yeah. you, if you follow me. Because yeah. like, the business readiness, if you will, yeah. I've found over the years, it, and again, I say this compassionately, not critically, You know, hasn't been there. They haven't had the team to consume the data, they didn't have the governance processes and so mm-hmm. forth. So the pointed question for you, have you seen a healthy evolution over the years since you founded Cruncher, where the business readiness among your clients is higher, and is Focused Orange still out there, other firms doing that work
1: yeah so uh, focus orange uh, i sold to pwc uh, two years ago all right congratulations Um, thank you um and this really allowed us all to really really focus on on cruncher Mm -hmm. but it also showed that we need to have a very strong customer success arm within cruncher Mm -hmm. to help companies and our clients to make the most out of their own data using cruncher Mm -hmm. so Indeed, uh, the consulting basically bridges this gap between here are the insights and here's the business impact because it only goes through context, meaningful interactions between HR, employees and business management and that we try to solve with our uh, very strong consulting uh, background and consulting arm, but also through the technology. Mm -hmm. So we have a mantra within our product and tech team, which is that crunching needs to be fast, simple and guided. Mm -hmm. So that resulted in a a radical design change five years ago, where we said, the only thing that the user needs to do is scroll down in the story builds. And on whatever metric or whatever chart they don't feel comfortable with, like, is this correct? 14.6% voluntary turnover in the development team, whatever. You click, boom, and either you see names, you see trends, you see context, and you see a narrative. Mm-hmm. So Crunchy starts to generate narratives. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I want. Um, so that the technology makes it super, super easy for people who are curious, but maybe don't have a data background mm-hmm. to also make it available. Yeah. So basically, people analytics for people.
0: Yeah, I- Absolutely celebrate your approach, I and mean, we've talked on many occasions now, and the fact that you are building narratives, stories, because that's how people learn, that's what yes. people remember. Exactly. Uh, Steven Pinker out of Harvard talks about them as being the building blocks of thought, and thus retention, and, and, and inspiring certain feelings and in turn behaviors. So you know, I really, really celebrate that, and you know, I was thinking as you are sharing, I could hug you for that, because many in the software industry have one. okay, here's software, you know, let the world decide how it's going to be used. But yeah. you're very consciously saying, hey, we're going to help not only in terms of the product, but in terms of advising your clients to get exactly. where they want to go with customer success. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you still don't make this impact. Right. So what we see many times go wrong with uh, these people analytics projects, also with, um, uh, with tech vendors, is that the technology is central. You know, yeah. oh, let's make uh, 100,000 APIs, let's... Um, look at all these connections and while this is not bullseye what bullseye is is what are the relevant business questions let's build product around it for everyone to be able to answer these business questions Mm -hmm. and let's make sure that the abilities and the capabilities of hr are best utilized you know that's um and, and from there we go into technology but it's not the game of listen, we have so much data, we have to do something with AI, and what can we do? Now, come on. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. we're better than
0: that. Yeah, Yeah. no, I love it. You're talking about enablement. You're talking about helping HR focus on the value that they can deliver. And we're talking about HR, and obviously HR is in the cruncher name. (laughs) It's also the case where you're developing strategic value for executives and, and mm-hmm. business leaders. As you move forward in time, You know what do you hope for Cruncher and the people analytics space in
1: general? I think um, having a focus is still super important. So Cruncher will never become a supply chain analytics solution or a finance analytics solution. Mm-hmm. But what I see is that um, basically within companies we have here the island of HR, we have here the island of business here the island of finance and at these islands they speak different languages mm-hmm. so we need to build bridges between hr and finance so mm-hmm. within cruncher we talk about call centers we talk about fte we talk about waterfall charts we talk about we talk finance language but we also talk business language so for workforce planning we use business demand drivers mm-hmm. so um, i don't know an airline company might have business demand drivers, as in the number of long-haul flights or the number of passengers that we ship. So Crunchy will always stay on the HR island, but build bridges basically to the other islands within the company to make connections. Yeah.
0: Now, thank you for saying that, because many uh, either consciously or unconsciously put themselves out as being all things to everyone. And that's not only within HR going out, it's others with that different domain specialization, whether it be finance or operations, thinking that they can do HR. At the end of the day, I believe, your model is correct, is that, particularly given the sensitivity Mm -hmm. of HR data. And before I get too far away from it, you mentioned airlines, and you have a workshop around (laughs) airlines, and I just saw this flight simulator that you have here in the office, which is amazing. So tell us about how people learn how to not only use Cruncher but to think about people analytics and actually drive change within an organization.
1: Yeah, so we need to develop this uh, this Cruncher Airlines uh, workshop where also the business questions are super central. So we play this workshop with executive MBAs, So with a lot of people that do not have an HR background or with HR leaders that want to think more on what's happening on the other islands. Mm -hmm. So Cruncher Airlines is a a demo company where we generated a hyper-realistic data set with tons of business data. We loaded this into Cruncher And then the workshop is all about starting to understand what beautiful things and powerful things you can do on the data that you already have. So uh, these are questions, very open-ended questions, such as, this demo company needs to save 200 million US. What are the options? Mm -hmm. Or how are we performing with diversity, equity, and inclusion, question mark? How can we better find, grow, and keep our people? Period. So, and then what happens, it's it's almost magical. When you put people from different companies in one team, and even people not only from different companies, but also from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So for example, MBAs who are born and raised in finance and business and sometimes HR, um, you start to create new solutions. And because there's no one way to roam, as we we say it here, uh, maybe also in the US, (laughs) um, uh, this is where real innovation happens. And after two and a half hours, whether I do these workshops in the US or at business schools here in Europe, people start to say like, wowzers, is this what we can do with people data? This is what we want. Finally, we start talking about business language, about not only how much money can we save, but also when can we recognize these cost savings? Mm -hmm. What is the ease of implementation, et cetera? So after two hours, people are hyped. (laughs) It's, uh, it's really cool. Well, not only is
0: it cool, it's something that it takes it out of the esoteric. Like, people analytics is intimidating for many, um, yes. within HR and outside of HR. It's like, what is that? It sounds esoteric, it t- sounds like someone's trying to be smart, but it really, as we know, delivers tangible value that's exactly. not, Months or years out, it's it's right here. It's a conscious decision whether or not to adopt a solution like Cruncher and start doing this yeah. work.
1: I mean, if you think about it, L. Um, nine months ago, everyone was still talking about the Great Resignation. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. Right now, we are supposedly entering a big recession, yeah. where inflation becomes a big topic, and where you know companies are not talking only about top line growth anymore, but quality of revenue and about margins. So the questions change all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and apart from that, business wants to know their DNI performance um, and, and wants to know if they have the right skills to survive in the future and to win. So the number of questions are bigger than ever, and we want faster and, uh, answers than ever. Mm. But if you now see how companies are answering these questions, it's kind of funny almost. I mean, you're my business leader and I'm your HR sidekick. I'm your HR business partner. You ask me a simple question. For example, Dirk, we have a lot of headwind. We have to reduce money. We have to reduce cost. What are the options? Yeah. I go, and I try to fiddle around myself a bit. Workday, Oracle, SAP are beautiful core systems, but nowhere near to answer these type of questions. Yeah. So what do I do? I try to export the data into Excel. I try to make some graphs to see where we spend currently money. And then uh, it's difficult, so I pull in my uh, people on the list resources or uh, some other consultants within the company, maybe externally. Um, they try to download data out of Excel. And two or three weeks later, I come back to you. First, I need to get airtime with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes another week. And then one month later, after your very simple question, what are the options to reduce money? Your head is already, you know, 200 miles further up. And then you look at my analysis and you say like, yeah, but Dirk, what I really meant was for my region. Can you redo it? I go back, these people say like, oh, you want this again? Um, Let's download again, the numbers do not align because data have changed. And this is why we as HR have it very difficult to make impact. It takes a long time. The data is always inaccurate, and we can't get into these data-driven conversations. So that's BC before Cruncher. <laughs> after Cruncher, AD <laughs> or AC um, but after deployment, AD is <laughs> basically um, L. Why don't we look together? Click, boom, story builds. Mm-hmm. And whenever you have questions like. Is this number right? Do we really have nine reporting layers? I scroll down, because we know this question is coming, and there's your answer. Dirk, but why don't you take out the contractors? Click, boom, done, boom. We, that is about building a data-driven culture. And that is a change that we really like to, to see happening. But for that again, we need to help HR bridge these different islands. And, um, and the technology, of course, needs to be fast, intuitive, blah, blah, blah. But it's really about making sure that HR feels comfortable. So uh, that's a whole deployment program um, you know, designed around that.
0: Yeah, I, I so celebrate what you're sharing. And I've been in this field longer than I care to admit. Uh, and I've heard time and again that we're at this, oh, we're, at, we're gonna enter the tornado, things are gonna grow, everyone's gonna do people analytics. I'm finally, particularly with the pandemic as an accelerator, seeing this happen. And I'm seeing organizations and not only HR organizations, but organizations as a business outperforming others who have not adopted people Mm -hmm. analytics solutions. So my narrative is that it's irresponsible for a leader not to have a solution like Cruncher. So Mm -hmm. it invites the question of those who are not, investing in Cruncher and the likes of them, why not? And what do you tell those leaders? You know, what, is, what do you see as the barrier to entry?
1: I think right now, um, these big questions that we talked about before, um, they are on the table. Mm-hmm. But there is a group of companies that try to build something themselves, mm-hmm. started to appreciate what they want to know, but also that it's not so easy to, to build something like this. I mean, we're here with almost hundred people, have been building this product for eight years, um, this is not something that you build yourself, right? Yeah, in build nice it,
0: maintain, way. enhance it, exactly. you know, deal with HR unless you yep. want to, you know, if you can write the job descriptions, enable those people with resources, enable them with career opportunities. I mean, that's a whole thing. And yeah. that's what you all are doing. You're specialists in this field. Exactly. So yeah, it, it yep. gets me all fired up to hear that. <laughs> so, you know, with that, are you seeing an, an awareness that, hey, this is a unique value proposition? And... Investing in the likes of Cruncher is yeah. a
1: worthwhile way to go. So um, for a while the whole people analytics field was all about Hey, if you do not have this you miss out on blah 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 mm-hmm. uh, We try to position it as an opportunity. So for many companies who are private equity owned, you know what's happening I mean interest rates are going up free cash flow is coming down and therefore It's the investors basically that start to look for margins for a profit So it's an opportunity for HR to step up and say like, listen, we did our homework. We want to show you something. There's a few few things that we can do here. Same with business, you know, we want to be closer to our markets, faster to the customers. We heard all of that and this is what we can do to reduce time to hire, to um, reduce ramp up for new sales reps. Um, This is what people and can do for you. So we really approach it from an opportunistic point of view this is what it can do to you. But for that, again, we need to empower HR and show them that people analytics is just a tool mm-hmm. and um, that it can be easy. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I have a couple more questions and then we'll wrap up. And if you have anything else to share, please please yeah. do. So here we are. Uh, we're at the end of 2022. As you mentioned, you know, inflation is a concern. There's been... And what I call the age of perpetual disruption, you know, these changes are, are not going away. And as no. you just shared, it, you know, there's cruncher reduces risks and increases the likelihood that the investments that you do make are going to reap the desired return. You can run scenarios and all, mm-hmm. all, all, all these fun things. So if I want to get into this career, into this field, Field. You know, what is your advice to an, either an aspiring people analytics professional or someone who is in HR who wants to better understand what people analytics is all about? What do you say to them?
1: Go talk to business leaders yeah. to really understand what keeps you awake at night and don't start with what kind of data models do we need? What kind of API integrations are out there? Listen, back to bullseye. Mm. It's all about back to bullseye. So go talk to your business leaders and say like, how can we help you to increase sales? Um, Okay, so maybe this is more about um, uh, getting more salespeople on board, uh, making sure that the field hires in the sales team is low, getting them ramped up fast, having the right sales incentive plans. Are these sales incentive plans working, yes or no? Um, Talk to business managers and then open your HR heart to see what you can do. And the people analytics or the technology or the data is really secondary. Yes. I thank you for saying that <laughs> because
0: I there's a bunch of uh, work and it's a lot of it is great. This is not a criticism. It is, however, a distinction that I think is worth making that highlights what you just shared is data driven storytelling. That implies that I'm going to look at data and I'm going to tell the story based on what I see in the data. Uh, what I am really interested in, what stories should we be telling in the first place? And can we find data that supports or challenges those narratives? And those stories, in my view, are the hypotheses, the way exactly. that our internal customers are thinking. Mm-hmm. So really taking your HR expertise as an HR business partner, for example, engaging them in meaningful ways, and then that story starts to emerge. You just find yeah. data to, to go along with it. Is that what you're advocating?
1: Totally. Um, if you are uh, more of a technical background and you really like to uh, start with data as an entry point, um, then a tip that I would have for the audience is uh, to start creating appetizers. Mm-hmm. So what are these appetizers? Um, you always have hypotheses and you can always time box certain hypotheses. For example, in the next half hour, I'm going to look at the data to see what could potentially be optimized in the recruiting mm-hmm. uh, pipeline, whatever. Or spans layers, very big nowadays. Mm-hmm. Or we're getting into a succession planning season, what do we see here? And what I would advise the people who have a bit more technical background and who are a bit more distanced from business, is to create little sound bites. For, For example, example, a business leader, did you know that we hired 220 people? 58 already left within the first year. It comes at a cost of 2 million US, would this be remotely interesting to, to look at? Then the business leader might say, thank you, but no, because we have a hiring freeze and this question is important but not relevant anymore. Yeah. Okay, then I just wasted 30 minutes and not you know two weeks or, or, or a month. And all these appetizers I'm gonna feed, and it's almost like restaurant week, right? Mm-hmm. At some moment, people are gonna buy to say like, L, yeah. what the heck is happening here? Yeah. Do we really have 12 reporting layers? And there's a span of control in the um, field sales, really 5.8 on average. What's the impact? What are we going to do about it? And then basically you have a legitimacy to dive deeper into this. Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot about building people analytics as a startup, Mm -hmm. and this is all about that. You have limited money from the CHRO. You got some funding to hire maybe, uh, I don't know, two or three people some small investments to buy some data or to fetch in some tools. Listen, you need to show value within the quarter. Otherwise the next funding round is not going to happen. So therefore these, um, these sound bites and that you can create super easily.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I don't know if I'm going to look at an appetizer the same way again. <laughs> I want more of that more of that. All right, Burke. Uh, as we wrap up, may I ask you some rapid fire questions oh, real quick? Of course. All right. So, What's your favorite genre of music?
1: Oh, I like um, everything from uh, Eastern European folk to musicals to very classical music. It depends on my mood. Okay. Yes. Eastern European folk, we're going to have to educate. (laughs) We're going to have to write some examples
0: down in the comments. So, uh, inspirations, like whether it be uh, back in time or, or current. Uh, whether it be a book you've read, uh, a public speaker, influencer, like who is someone that you look to for inspiration?
1: I look to uh, many podcasts for inspiration. Yeah. Um, what I like is variety. Mm-hmm. And then what happens in my, my head is that I start to connect all kinds of things, get enthusiastic, yeah. validated. But uh, the constant inflow of um, interesting things, and this mm-hmm. could be, in math this could be in science this could be in business in politics i don't care i need to be fed with all kinds of different mm. signals i love it and then love magic it. happened <laughs> at least to me
0: <laughs> no i i thank you for that answer because i yeah. totally celebrate you know bringing in music bringing in you know certain activities news and synthesizing yeah. so yeah so yeah. it's People kind of analytics
1: are so young
0: it's, it's very analytical
1: and, and we and we need to we, we need to look broader than just analytics
0: yeah. yes no. otherwise
1: Everyone is building a fax machine mm. that can do more pages in a minute and has more colors, but no one understands the bigger problem.
0: Got it. Yeah, no, yeah. thank you. Um, what do you do for fun?
1: I love to cycle, mm-hmm. I love to go. You're Dutch and you love to cycle? Yes, <laughs> <That is shocking. laughs> even, even in the rain I <laughs> Impressive, impressive. I love to talk to people who are way outside my profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to help people. Well. Wow.
0: Well, Dirk, thank you. You're an inspiration to me. Oh. And you know, congratulations on what you've done with Cruncher. And Thanks. may it continue. And uh, any closing comments for our listeners?
1: Well, maybe, uh, Al, since uh, we are uh, friends, I uh, would love to share uh, something very special with you. Please. Um, and that is that um, I'm going to move. Where are you in going? In one and a half months uh, to Boston, because we are going to open our U.S. office. Wow. And expand there. We're going to take a bunch of people here from the Amsterdam office we are hiring full on in, uh, in Boston. Wow, congratulations. Yes, so uh, basically Crunch is coming back to the US, but now with a big product, um Wow. So, uh, That's yes, big news. it's is fantastic. Well,
0: uh, well, I'll give you shake your hand again. Congratulations. <laughs> no. And I won't have to fly across the pond anymore to come see you. So, again, Dirk, super appreciate what you've done, not only in serving your clients but for the broader community. So, keep up the great work Always. and uh we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. See you in Boston. All right. See All right. you in Boston. All right. Be well.
1: Wicked. All right.